Effective marketing demands emotive storytelling. Making us care is at the center of brand love and brand loyalty. My guest, Byron Reese, author of the upcoming book, Stories, Dice, and Rocks That Think, dives into our collective consciousness and human history to highlight how you can tell a story with purpose and persuade your customers. All this and more in episode number 471. What makes humans so vastly different from animals? Well, you might argue that we reason, we use fire, we have culture, but there's more to it because Byron Reese, author of the upcoming book, Stories, Dice, and Rocks That Think, very intriguing title, says our differentiator is our minds or our ability to use stories to communicate, our talented science ability to predict the future, our ability to encode and spread knowledge digitally. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, communication across all channels, unique way, because we are here at Mobile Presence, your destination for everything mobile. I'm your host, as always, Peggy Ann Saltz, mobile analyst, tech consultant, senior Forbes writer, founder of Mobile Groove. And in this episode of Mobile Presence, we talk with Byron Reese. He's a AI expert and author about intelligence, human connection, storytelling, all the facets of life. And Byron, I'm not only excited for that reason, because I did some research. You've been here before with a different book. So welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. So that book, that was a while back because I you. I used to do some work at GigaOM. Great, great place. Mm-hmm. Great thinking there. Um, was that idea part of this book or are you doing? You just seem to be... Yeah, a book machine now, Byron. Tell me about it. I have a day job, which is, you know, I have a, a company I run. But from 6 a.m. to mm-hmm. 8 a.m. every morning, I write. And uh, okay, slow and steady, you know, that whole thing. And so write two hours a day and then a few hours on the weekend, and, and they just sort of uh, come to me. There you go. And in prep, you were telling me that this is going to be an ongoing thing. So we're going to have you back here quite often, right? I do hope so. I do hope so. <laughs> I'm working so on the next one write... now, and I have to turn it in <gasps> in October. And then I'll wow. have an, another one um, that I'll turn in uh, middle of next year, I think. There you go. We're going to have books and more books from you. But let's talk about your upcoming book, Stories, Dice, and Rocks That Think. That is a fascinating title. It's a fascinating topic, but I'll leave it to you. You're the author. Give our listeners a better summary of what this book is about. Well, you you got it in the introduction. I was mm-hmm. I really did want to know why are people different than animals? Because the the knee jerk thing is, well, we aren't. We are just animals. But then when you look around the world, we have very different outcomes than animals. You know, we have cities and all those things. You know, you listed and civilization and everything and then you've got like the dolphins and they don't even have what a postal system or a telegraph or anything and so it's like why why and i mm-hmm. i i really kind of wrestled with that for a long time and i i think what i came to is that we we believe in two things that don't actually exist the future and the past and we understand those conceptually and animals don't and I know that it's a controversial thing and people might push back on it. I spend chapters and chapters in the book making that case. Uh, 
but assuming it is true or that we have at least a, a, a much wider view, uh, what does that mean? It means we can think about different things to happen in the future. We can say, hmm, I could go up that mountain in the back, or and this might happen, or I could do this and this might happen. And that one little thing, oh, oh, and we have episodic memory. That means we remember specific things in the past, which animals don't either. They only have procedural memory. Your dog remembers how to sit, but doesn't remember all the times you taught it how to sit. And so what we're able to do is call upon memories in the past, specific things, and use them to make predictions about the future. And that is the whole, and, and that is about how stories began, not as things we told each other, but ways we conceptualized the world. Then that, uh, that ended, or that chapter, that section of the book, stories ends. And then in 1652, we are at dice. And what's dice? The thing is, is while we could imagine what might happen, we didn't have any scientific way to determine what would happen. We just guessed. And mm-hmm. so 1652 is about how um, t- two people in France writing letters created what we call probability today. And that sounds like chloroform in print to read, like, oh, my gosh, how boring could that be? But it's really fascinating because, actually, I, I'm gonna. I wasn't planning on doing this, but uh, the reason yeah. it's a big deal. I'm, I've got a prop. The reason it's a big deal is because it caused us to have to learn five things about reality we didn't know before. I'm not going to go through all five, but I will go through one of them. This is a, a thing called a Galton, Galton box. You may have seen these in. Um, a science museum, when I flip this up, all these little BBs are going to start yeah. falling. And yeah. they can hit a piece of plastic and go left or right with equal preference. And when you flip it, you get a normal curve. And the thing is, is that you can do this all day long and you're always going to get that. But the falling of the balls is just random. And that is one of the five things is that there's great predictability and randomness. If you would ask me, if you flip a coin a hundred times or a thousand times even, how many times is it going to come up heads? I know how to answer that question because we all have kind of like, yeah. but none of us have flipped the coin a thousand times. Uh, if you would ask me before I knew the answer, I would have said, who knows? Maybe a hundred, maybe 900, maybe 200, then the next time 600, then 500, then 900. But in reality, the odds that... It's going to be less than 400 or greater than 600 or one in many billions. Like it's not going to happen. And so that's that predictability and randomness. And we, we learned how to harness randomness to make accurate predictions about the future. Still mind blowing to me. And so that got us, that was 300 years, 1652 to 1952, that we knew how to do probability, but we did it with paper and pencil. And then in 1952, we booted up the first transistor computer. Uh, because we'd kind of reached this limit of what we could do with this math. And we hoped that computers, with their, you know, lightning fast computation and the ability to connect sensors to them ultimately to collect data, that they would be able to um, see the future as clearly as we see the present. That it would, uh, it would be, we would truly be masters of our fate. We would, we would, we would see the future. And uh, that's, I think, the journey that we're on. So rocks that think is just a, metaphor for computers right silicon chips mm. uh, silicon rocks chips, to think exactly. yeah. 
Okay, well, you've taken us all the way up to supercomputers. And what's interesting in this book is that it's the elements of what makes a story. And I thought to myself, that's what marketers are talking about. We're all talking about storytelling. The story is what it's all about, whether it's about the future or the past. It's about collecting viewpoints, um, strings of events that connect to a bigger story. If you're an app marketer or a marketer, it's about a story. It's about your brand, lessons and purposes. You look at this as well in your book, and you even outline the 20 purposes of told stories. You understand there's a purpose to telling a story. Why aren't purposes maybe considered more integral to storytelling overall? It was This book was a lot of fun to write because I do a lot of research. Fun obviously. to read too, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. I do a lot of research. I mean, it's I read a lot of books. And, and what I did with this one is I would read all these academic journals and all the normal stuff. But then I would read uh, storybooks. I read a lot of them. Old fairy tales, uh, traditions from other languages. And you just start writing them down. You say, ah, this is um, to promote good behavior. You know, this is a story you tell to young people to promote good behavior. This is a story that teaches our history and gives context to why we're here and what we do. Ah, I know this story. This is a cautionary tale about what could happen. You know, science fiction always used to... Our uh, dystopian science fiction always used to bother me because I'm an optimistic futurist. And and I would be like, that's not what's going to happen. But I realized, you know, I think it was Frank Herbert who said, sometimes the purpose of the story is to keep the future from happening. Uh, and so there's 20 of those. There's actually a secret 21st one in the epilogue. <laughs> oh, I must have missed that when I was when I was going through for this. But now you well, have to go back is, there. In the end, stories are what give life meaning. If, if your life is just a series of events, if, 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 if your life is just, uh, the, the, however many billions of seconds you live, boom, boom, one after the other, well, that's nothing. I mean, but your life is a story. That's, that's the thing. And, and, and it's, uh, from that story that you draw, ultimately draw meaning. I actually love that, Byron. That's beautiful. And that's the purpose of the story that holds also. For the purpose of storytelling, again, for marketing. But why aren't purposes maybe considered so much the essential ingredient to storytelling, do you think? Well, I think uh, all stories have to stick. And so to stick, uh, stories have to be entertaining or memorable or something like that. So uh, most of the purposes are actually uh, they seemingly to entertain. And so... Mm -hmm. We miss uh, the purpose behind the story. Its ability to entertain is how it survives. You know, our oldest stories are, well, they actually go back a long time, 15,000, 60,000 years. Then there's one in there that's 15,000 years old. And then we have fairy tales that go back 6,000 years. And it's like, for a story to survive 6,000 years, uh, there has to be a reason for it because... Uh, it's, it's almost Darwinian, right? Like it's going to mm -hmm. get beaten out by um, another story. You're making me think of the hero's arc here, Byron. You know? I write a, a bit about that. In fact, I was just thinking this morning, tell the plots of many movies. They sound terrible. Like if I said, uh, you're like, hey, what was that movie about? Oh, it was about this farmer boy who teams up with this old guy and uh a smuggler, a ne'er-do-well smuggler, and they go rescue a princess. 
I'd be like, I'm not going to watch that. But if they're like, it's Star Wars. I'm like, oh, when does it, when does it start? <laughs> and, um, and, and that is the hero's journey. It's Campbell's yeah. thing. And, uh, I think it's fascinating. I, it, it's funny because people, um, people often argue, you know, there's only 62 basic plots of stories. And then somebody else will say there's only 12. And then somebody else will say there's really only three. And then Campbell's the last one that lit me because he's like, no, there's really only one story. And it's the story we're all on. Uh, it's the story that uh, is our journey, and uh, it makes life bearable uh, because it, it gives it uh, that meaning. Carl Sagan has that whole thing about, uh, you know, the coolest thing is we're made of stuff. I mean, we're made of star stuff. All the yeah. elements in you came from stars that exploded. But it's really not true. We're made of, I mean, that's incidental. And it's uh, interesting. But we're really made of stories. That's that's what the universe is comprised. Like that's the that's the glue that connects things together. Interesting thing you've left us with here, because we're always thinking that in my industry, what I'm doing, mobile and digital, is the glue that holds <laughs> everything together. And you're bringing the focus to storytelling just at a time when we are looking more at it. So we do have to go to break, Byron. I almost hate to do it. We do have to go, but we want to talk more when you come back, you know, about the ingredients of good storytelling and how to persuade others, because that's one of the purposes of stories as well, not just to entertain. So some tips, some tricks that marketers can pick up from your book, all this after the break. So don't go away. We'll be right back. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose Clever Tap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. And we are back to Mobile Presence talking about Byron Reese's... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Upcoming books, Stories, Dice, and Rocks That Think, all about storytelling as we've been talking about, Byron, and we did talk about the 20 purposes of stories before the break, but there's one that stands out for me and for our listeners, reason number 11, to persuade others. Stories are to persuade others. What can you share? What are some strategies marketers can pick up from your book regarding stories and storytelling to persuade their audience? First of all, I, I wish it were that simple. You know, we have all of this, all of these uh, pieces of advice about mm-hmm. like running a business, like um, stick to the knitting or change with the times. I mean, they mean opposite things. Look before you leap. He who hesitates is lost. They mean opposite things. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. They mean opposite things. And so it isn't that either of them's wrong. The wisdom is knowing when to apply each one. And that's, that's the hard thing. Uh, and I, I would, I would start by saying that I, I will get to three very quick specific things, but I do want to say in the end, it, it's lightning in a bottle. I, I wish it were simpler than that. Uh, but, uh, I, I would buy these books of old ads and I mean, old, old. And, and I would, you can read them and they just stay with you. Like there was a, these people went to Rolls Royce and they said, uh, Rolls Royce went to their ad agency, Ogilvy, and they said, we don't have a budget, but we need to sell Rolls Royces in, in the United States. And so they wrote this ad that says 70 miles an hour. The loudest thing in your Rolls Royce is the ticking of the clock. And then the next line is what brings it home. He says, when our engineers heard this, they said, hmm, we must do something about the clock. <laughs> and it's like, my, I have a friend who told me that in high school, and I remember it to this day. But it's also in these books. Um, and you read these ads, and you get this, like, like they just stay with you in a, in a, in a way that you can just tell uh, is magical. And so I don't want to diminish that in the end. It's, it's like Star Wars. Is it the story of a farm boy who teams up with an old man who goes saves a princess, or is it Star Wars? But the first thing I would say is uh, know your medium. Spoken stories can do completely different things and things people are going to have to read. So the stories you tell, like in video, are, should be very different, like structured very differently than what you write and what you put in literature, you know, what you tweet and, and what you, uh, and what's in your, you know, your videos and what, and the feel of your website should all actually feel very different. Because uh, the medium, well, I'm not saying anything particularly revolutionary there, but the medium really does influence the story. I would listen to so many storytellers, and they are just magnificent, like just the way that they can bring you in there. Um, and then if I had to say there's one thing, uh, it's empathy. Like to the degree that you can get people to empathize with your story uh, is the degree that you can actually make connections with, uh, to make them care. And, you know, they say we live in this attention economy Mm-hmm. where everybody's competing for that. But I don't know that that's really true. I mean, like everybody can just yell louder and louder. Uh, what we, I think we are in this one where you have to make people care. Like 
they read all of these things. They hear all of these things. Everything's urgent. Everything's important. Uh, but you hear something and, and, and that is what you care about. So I would say, you know, your medium, realize, um, create empathy. And then finally understand your goal. Uh, what, you know, when the story's over, what do you want people to feel when they, when they get to the end of the story? And, um, and I would say those are the, the basic things marketers could use. I mean, they are basics, Byron, but I'm thinking the whole time that we're speaking that it's just a great confirmation that this is what we are thinking now. And you've looked at it through your book, understanding you know, the history of science, math, probability, humankind, language, everything. It all comes together to say that this is what storytelling needs to do. It's not just us thinking right now, uh-oh, we have to engage audiences better. It's really about the blueprint. The blueprint is set out and proven by your book. Now, your book also looks at how we need to understand the future, why determining future is such an important part rather, of the story and even our personal growth. Why, why is that? What did you find out was the magic of predicting the future and why that's so important in these stories? If, if you had you know, the proverbial crystal ball that showed you the future, your life would be very different than if you lived in a, in a, with a mind that couldn't even conceptualize that there was a future. Those are the two extremes. Your ability to even know that it's so hard to imagine what that would feel like to not, to just live in this perpetual now. That's all there is. You're just now and there's nothing before you, in front of you or behind you and, and you're in that thing versus, like I said, actually, um, being able to see it and know it and change your actions in accordance with it. And at the beginning, we didn't, uh, up until I think 70,000 years ago, we didn't know there was a future either. 60,000 years ago, we didn't know there was a future. And then we got that ability. And then you see instantly, overnight, we become the preeminent creature on this planet by, so far, you can't even say who's in second place at this point. Or there's nobody else. It's just us. And it's because every step of the way, we have been able to not just react, but to plan. And it's that, it's that uh, difference, which is success. Because why? Because it compounds. If you make a slightly better decision today, let's say every one of the, you're going to make a thousand decisions today, or at least a few hundred, if every one of them was just a little bit better, and then you combined that over the course, compounded it over the course of year after year after year, you, you're, you're a wizard, <laughs> you know, you're, you have, you have superpowers. Marketing superpowers. I like that. How to unlock them. I want to end by looking at your life's work, Byron. You've been here before. You're going to come back again. Now, you've dedicated it, devoted it to AI. It's many forms, talking about it, you know, um, starting with how we interact with it, but also how it shapes the journey, you know, something uh, just like marketing, for example, marketing intelligence. So where are we in the stages of this journey what level of co-creation can we expect or should we be preparing for as we 
build stories, create stories, but also use AI to do that. You're right. I mean, I write I write a lot about it. And I <laughs> you write a lot about AI. Yes, I was reading book. that. So yeah, it's got to yeah. play a role in storytelling. Entire... What is it going to do? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is I'm I have very little interest in technology. I care about people. I care <laughs> about humans, and I'm really interested in uh, how these technologies affect us. Like that's really what I care about. I have a very, um, I'm, I'm in the distant minority for what I'm about to say among AI thinkers. So I just want to preface it with that. Uh, and to say that I don't believe general intelligence is possible for a machine. And I don't believe that because I don't believe people are machines and you don't have to get mystical to even hold that view. Like there's all kinds of good arguments for it having to do with, well, we know we're conscious and uh, we know we have a mind. We know we have capabilities that don't seem to derive from, you know, you, you have a sense of humor and you have empathy, but your heart doesn't and your stomach doesn't and your liver doesn't. So like, where do those come from? And so there's all these, I think, good reasons to believe we're not going to make general intelligence. I think there's a lot of people who hope we do because I think they hope it's going to come in and like, like the cavalry and save us. But there's no hint that anything's going to come and save us. It's, it's, it's actually all up to us. And That's you know, okay. I, then that means I wouldn't want it any stuff. other way. I wouldn't want it any other way. Perfect. I mean, you're a humanist how, and you're saying that we are going to do it for ourselves um, on our own on our own maybe co-create i love the idea of co-creating <laughs> well ai i mean don't get me wrong technology is the force multiplier for humanity you have you know a body that operates on 100 watts of power very little very little one light bulb um and yet your impact is vastly more than that. And that's because we, we figured out this trick technology and it's able to amplify or multiply what we're able to do. And that's kind of been our thing. That's why if you happen to live in the developed world, you probably use about 10,000 watts of power constantly, even though your body's only a hundred. So we've augmented you a hundredfold. I say we like I had something to do with it. You have been augmented. We've all been augmented like a hundredfold in what we can do. And that is like our, our power. Although that's only the, I think the second most impactful, uh, thing. And when I return in a year, I'll say the first one. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I think the most impactful thing about us mm -hmm. is that, um, because we know about the future and the past, our knowledge accumulates. Like if you really want to jump to the end and say, well, why haven't the dolphins like stepped up and made a telegraph yet? Uh, it's because every one of, they reset, every generation resets back to where they were. Every one of our generations, we accumulate knowledge. Our DNA is no longer uh, what's written in our cells. It's what's written in our mind and what's written in all the books and all the world. That's our collective DNA. If I were to drop you on a desert island, uh, you might do fine if you've watched a lot of Mythbusters and Gilligan's Island and all of that. Like, you'd be like, okay, I, I know. But if you took a real Tarzan, like a real baby that had been born with no, and dropped them on a desert island, no, none of that. Because you're born into all of that. And that's our real power. And then you amplify that with technology. You multiply that times a hundredfold and ta-da, here we are. Ta-da, here we are indeed. You've taken me on a whirlwind trip, I have to say, Brian. We start with we start with storytelling, we go to superpowers, we go to AI, 
we go all around and we see that it's about being human. It's been an exciting trip. It's an interesting and exciting book as well. And above all, it confirms what we're talking about. Storytelling is at the center of everything. We've got 20 purposes of stories and marketers would do well to take note. I want to thank you for being with me here on Mobile Presence, being a guest. I've had a great time and I would love to come back. You will indeed, because you have a contract. Once every six months, you have to have, well, you don't have to. It's your passion. You produce a book. You'll be back. All right. What What is the next book, Byron? I'm just curious. What is it? Yeah. Well. Uh, just in a nutshell, Byron, but what is it? Oh, okay. In a nutshell, in a sentence, uh, what is life? Byron, that's a tough one. That's a real, you, you really do like a tall order. You you are a man who likes stretch goals. I can tell well, you that. I, I will, this is just one, one sentence. I write books that I would want to read and I write for an audience of people who I think are people I'd like to hang out with. And so, I, I cool. you know, I do my bit and say, here's what I've learned and I read other people. And so I think we're all on this Pretty journey cool. and I, I've just picked that one. Pretty cool, Byron. Well, you know what? We have to hang out at some point. We're all able to travel again. Um, where are you based? Austin, Texas. Since 1998. Okay, cool. South by Southwest, or at least until recently. So it's on the books. In the meantime, what about our audience? They might want to stay up to date with you, check out your book to come, all of your other musings. What's the best way to connect? I'm the easiest person in the world to find. I'm Byron Reese everywhere. Byron okay. Reese at Gmail, ByronReese.com, Byron Reese on Twitter. It's Got a, it. the advantage of having a slightly unusual name and getting in early. And being slightly eccentric and cool to hang out with, as I said. I want to thank you so much for sharing. It's been a pleasure. We've got a date in another six months, okay? So if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, maybe get together for a cool show like I just had with Byron, well, you can email me, Peggy at MobileGroove.com. That is where you can also find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. You can check out this and all early episodes of our show by going to WMR.FM, or you can find our shows on Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Speaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. And don't forget video, of course, always powered by The Groove on YouTube. Many ways to connect with us. So do do that. Do share. Do sign up. Do subscribe. And until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. Keep well, and we'll see you soon. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.